All right. Well, happy weekend, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. Can you believe it? It's already uh, Thanksgiving week. It kind of crept up on us, didn't it? Yeah. Well, anyway, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite times of year, and I hope it is for you as well. Uh, out of a, a couple of Thanksgiving facts that I wanted to share with you today, here's uh, the first one. Did you know that uh, you know the younger turkeys these days, you know, like millennial turkeys, they're saying that you know all these older turkeys are getting outdated. Yeah, the, the millennial turkeys, they don't say gobble gobble anymore. They say Google Google. And also, did you know this, that the number one thing that turkeys say right before, you know, they get, you know, right before execution, the number one thing that turkeys say right before they get executed is quack, quack. True. Uh, also, did you, do you know why uh, turkeys refuse to eat dinner, like, the night before they get executed? You know, they're kind of like on death row, turkey death row. You know, you know why they uh, don't eat dinner? It's because they're already stuffed. Yeah, it's true. Well, my family's been telling me to quit telling uh, these Thanksgiving jokes, but, you know, I just can't quit cold turkey. <laughs> anyway, I hope that you're doing good. Uh, this is a, a new season for us, and we're starting with a new series. We just got off this 40 days of focus, and, you know, as we declare, this is a time of us to be focused, to be disciplined, and uh, now we're declaring a, a new season, a new time. It's a season of celebration. And, um, you know, it, it means that, you know, God has called us to be people that are disciplined and people that are focused, but he's also called us and designed us to be people to celebrate, to, to be people of celebration. And yes, it is the holidays coming up, but that's not all of why uh, we need to celebrate. We also need to celebrate because of the goodness of God. And you know what? This has been a crazy and challenging year, probably the craziest that anyone, any of us have ever experienced. And I just feel like it would be right for us to end this year with a time of celebration. Ending, ending of, a, of a crazy, challenging, bizarre year, difficult year, 2020, and ending with a spirit of jubilation, praising and worshiping God. With thanksgiving, with feasting, with gift giving, with loving. You know, and, and not just because the calendar calls for it, but because we are called and created to be a people of celebration. Yeah, that's what God has designed us to be, to be people of celebration. And that's because it's, it's, it's on the calendar. And, and while this, the world is, you know, maybe experiencing harsh times, you know, as we continue to uh, look at the news, it just becomes more and more difficult. Uh, things that are happening, harsh times, we've heard it could be a harsh winter that's around the corner. And while there is a darkness around us, God has called us to be people of the light. While there are many that are lost, we are to be people of the way. You know, while we are headed in what could be painful days and a harsh winter ahead, Christ's followers have a reason to celebrate. It might seem to the world around us that we're, we're bizarre if we're worshiping and celebrating in the midst of dark times, but it's because we have a great God who has done great things for us and in us. And so we have to refuse to allow a holiday gloom to set in. Some of you know what I'm talking about. When the holidays come, we just start to, to, to feel bad a little bit. We feel a little bit disappointed. We feel like, oh, it's going to be subpar, and there's some memories. It becomes kind of sad. We have to refuse to allow this holiday gloom to set in. We, can't, we have to sort of reject it. You know why? Because God has created us to celebrate. We have to choose to enjoy. We have to, we have to choose to have fun. And, and even though there has been many reasons in 2020 to have tears, there has been. 
There is a time for mourning, but there is also a time for dancing. That comes out of Ecclesiastes 3.4. And though we've had a reason for mourning for many of us, we've had a reason for, for grieving during uh, a, lot of, a lot of things that happened in 2020, there is a time for dancing. And I want to say that, I want to declare that this season of celebration is a time for us to dance. You know, because despite the pain and the circumstances, there is a reason for us to dance and celebrate. The Lord seeks to dry our tears. Did you know that? Revelations 21.4 says this, that he will wipe away every tear from our eyes, that there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. You know what the Lord is, is talking about here? That though we experience difficult things on this earth, Though we, uh, we experience some challenges, we, we experience pain, God has called us into the kingdom of God where there is no pain, there is no mourning. And so he seeks to dry our tears. And of course, this is talking about when we are heaven bound in eternity with him. But he wants us to experience uh, this kingdom, have this kingdom experience here on earth as well. That there is a time for crying and grieving and having tears, but there is also a time for dancing. And so we have to allow the Lord to do that work of drying our tears. You know, because heaven is like a banquet. Did you know that? It's a party in heaven. That's what it's des- described like. And, and a big part of our Christian walk here on earth is to learn how to celebrate the goodness of God, to sort of reflect the kingdom of God here on earth, what it's like in heaven, and to celebrate. And it's also important for us to prepare for the great celebration, get ourselves ready for the great banquet of the kingdom of God. And so a big part of what we need to be doing here is doing the work of preparation, getting ready for the party. And that's exciting. And what I'm saying is that as a Christian, we are to spend our time here on earth preparing for the great banquet and to be a part of this season of celebration. And so I just want to tell you today that uh, it's important for us this week, the week of Thanksgiving, is to prepare for the feast. Prepare for the feast coming up. Uh, this week, uh, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, it's kind of like a dress rehearsal uh, for the great kingdom feast that we will be experiencing in eternity. We have to allow Thanksgiving, or we have the opportunity to allow Thanksgiving to be a reflection of the great banquet of the kingdom of God, that we can actually experience what uh, just sort of an image, a little bit of a, a reflection of what the kingdom of God is like. Because that's what the uh, God is described, describes as the kingdom, is a lot like a banquet here on earth. There's a story that goes on uh, um, that talks about this, where there's this king and he decides that he's going to throw a great banquet. And so what he does is he uh, decides to get everything ready. He gets the greatest feast ready. He gets all the decorations ready. He gets the facilities ready. And he makes it a beautiful uh, display, a beautiful feast. And I think they're eating prime rib or something like that, you know. And he, he says, okay, let's go invite all my friends to come and what ends up happening is all of his friends, they have, they're all too busy. They're working and they're doing different things. And they say, oh, I don't, I don't want to be a part of the celebration. They, they refuse the invitation. And so he says, I've got this big feast ready. I've got this, this all this thing, these things uh, planned and prepared, but nobody's coming. So he just says, you know what? We need to, to, to fill the seats. So he, he asks his, his helpers, his servants to go out and to just invite anybody, anybody to come in to just to fill the seats. And so, so they do that and they start to, Go out and they get anybody there to, to fill the seats. And what they do is they also give people, because some of the people just came off the streets, they're 
good, the bad, the ugly. They were, you know, from, you know, tattered experiences, backgrounds. And so what they did was they gave them all what they called wedding robes, or I guess they were like party, party robes, you know, gave them new clothing and attire. And so as everything was ready, the king found one man who was, uh, who refused to put the robe on. And he went up to him and he said, you know what, I'm sorry, because you refused to put the robe on, you can't stay in my banquet. So he actually asked the guy to leave. You know, it's really a profound story because I think that Thanksgiving in a lot of ways reflects this banquet time where God has given us the opportunity to prepare a feast, to have a delicious spread, invite people, do our, give our best decor, best dress, and it's a place that's filled with joy and happiness. There's a work of preparation that needs to go into it, putting on a banquet, but it also means not just doing the work of of, of, of uh, uh, putting everything uh, on or and ha- inviting people to come, but it also means to, to be obedient and put on the robe that this person was asked. But you know what? When the person didn't do it, what, it, what this resembles is not only uh, receiving the invitation to go to the banquet, but it also is talking about the internal transformation that needs to happen in our life. You know, it's like the Lord invites us but then we have to do the work of obedience and having the transforming work. What he's talking about is this external robe that he asked the man to put on. What the Lord is asking us is to actually put on an internal robe. Yeah, it's like being changed or renewed. And what this is actually a, a good way to put, put it is like putting on a robe, a renewed attitude. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24 says this, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner, of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You know what this is really saying is that we have to steer clear of going back to old ways of thinking, old behaviors, kind of having old attitudes. And maybe this kind of gloom that you are tempted to allow set in, there, there might be some, some, some funky uh, thought patterns, some, some uh, bad attitudes that are starting to kind of develop. The Lord's saying, you know what? If you're going to have that poo-poo attitude, you're going to have to leave my party. He says, you know what? You're going to have to put on this robe that I've given you, a renewed attitude. And this, you have to take off your old self, and this, this old manner, and you have to put on this robe I've given you, this new creation to be in the likeness of God with righteousness and holiness. So this uh, attitude that God is asking us to have is really a part of the party. It's a part of the preparation of the feast. That's not, we don't just, we don't just show up, but we come in with expectation. We come in with obedience and wanting to celebrate the goodness of God and celebrate the things that he's done. So when we prepare, we, we need to be actually not just to, to, to think about you know, getting the, the right arrangements and the right decorations, but we also need to be focused on being filled with the right spirit, a spirit of celebration. Because you know what? When we're filled with the spirit of celebration, it will actually uh, manifest itself, or it will show in how we do the work of preparation. You know, if you think about it, Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter are the greatest holidays on earth. Why is that? It's because the spirit that goes with it. It's the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God inside of people that cause people to, to want to want to give it their best. Give the best decorations, the best feast, the, uh, the the best clothing. Do the best in preparing. But if we kind of go into this uh, season of celebration with kind of a sulky attitude, kind of a 
oh, this is kind of a wasted year. It's just different. It's all COVID. It, you know, everything's just, it, it, you know, and if we just kind of go into it, we find ourselves, you know, on Thanksgiving Day, just sitting in our pajamas, eating leftovers, watching the Andy Griffith Show. I'm not sure if the Andy Griffith Show is still running or not. But anyway, that just doesn't look like the renewed attitude that God has given us and wants to give us. That's not putting on that wedding banquet robe. You see, a transformed internal world will start to look like, uh, it won't look like a party pooper. When you have a transformed internal world, you look like that party preparer because God has done something in your heart. He's done something in your life and you have that renewed attitude and it causes you to want to give God your best. And so we have to allow Jesus to dry our eyes from the pain of the past. We have to do that. We can't take it. We can't take every season and keep it morning and morning and morning. It has we have mourning and then to dancing. We have seasons of grief, but then we have seasons of joy. And this is a season of celebra- celebration. And we have to put on a renewed self, a new attitude. We can't keep the old poo-poo attitude. And we have to turn our mourning into dancing. Find reason to dance. Try to find a reason to joy, to have joy. And declare that for the rest of this year, it's a season of celebration. And starting by preparing the feast coming up this week. And so it's important for us to do the external work of preparation coming up this week, Thanksgiving and the rest of this year, doing the decorating and the feast planning, etc. But to also do the internal work because we don't want to just show up and just kind of be there. We have to put on that robe that God has given us to do the internal uh, time of prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to empower us to do the work of celebrating and preparing for the feast, preparing the great Thanksgiving feast that we that can be held in the reflection preparing for the, the great banquet of the kingdom of God. You see, when our internal and, and our external are powered by the spiritual and transformational, it's amazing what can come out of it. Let me say that again. When the internal and the external, that means what's going on on the inside of us, that means also what we're doing, our activities, are powered by the spiritual and the transformational. It's amazing what kinds of things that God can do in us and through us. So what I'm saying is that how we prepare for Thanksgiving can be influenced from what God has done in our lives. The transformational work of God in us can come through us, and it can uh, it can be seen in how we prepare for Thanksgiving and for the rest of this year, that we can choose, uh, choose to be a season of celebration, a celebration of the goodness of God. What preparations can be made be, be, uh, because of what God has done for us. So let me ask, what food can you prepare? Or what do you prepare because of the blessings of God? How will you decorate because of the goodness of God? How will you dress for the great feast this week because of the transformational work of God? You see, why? Because God is worthy of our best. He's always worthy. This might have been a difficult year. Things have, might have changed a lot. This might have been a tough year, but guess what? The Lord never changes, and he is always worthy of our best. And so there are tough times that are listed in the Bible, but they are also stories of the goodness of God and his faithfulness. What I'm trying to say is that though people experience difficult times, they did, they had many struggles, they still uh, chose and determined themselves to celebrate. You know, things may, may not be the same this year for you as they were last year or the years before, 
But you know what? That was the same as the true of, of the Israelites. They were trying to figure themselves out. They were going through season after season. They even went through the, the, the desert. You know, they used to have all, they used to have better foods in Egypt, even though they were in slavery and they were kind of out in the desert and they're, you know, trying to, to establish a time of feasting. And could you imagine the attitude when all they had was manna to eat? You know, and it's like, what are we going to have a feast? We're going to have a bunch of banana bread or something like that. It's like, kids, more banana bread, you know. But you know what? We can actually, uh, even though we, sometimes some of us it might be in a in a time of where things are a bit lean. I get it. It's a lean time for a lot of us. You know, you can actually uh, choose to invest in your celebration by taking things that are simple but special. Making something that's simple but special. What I what I'm basically saying is you don't need to run up your credit card bill to. Uh, make it a, a big, grandiose feast. You can take things that uh, can be very simple, but make it special. And I kind of wanted to point back here to behind me. I, I have some pine cones that I collected. And, you know, pine cones are kind of special to me a little bit. And um, every single year I take my kids out and we go collecting pine cones. And the reason that uh, they're special to me is because my grandparents, they used to collect pine cones together. And um, you know, I have a, a fond memory of them doing that. So it's become something that I've done with my kids. It reminds me of my, my grandpa. And so I do that every fall. And it's, it's something very simple, but it's very something very special you know, to me. And so we can actually, when it comes to preparing for the great feast and, and a time of celebration, uh, we can think about things that are simple but special. We don't have to, to, to spend a, a ton of money on, on preparing for uh, this uh, a time of celebration and the great feast. Because you know what? The great feast actually symbolizes, it's important that, to, to, to remember that it symbolizes the life that you have been given, that we've been born, that we've been born again and promised eternal life and, and, and celebrating this abundant life that God has given us. You know, as I think about uh, these times, you know, we just got finished uh, cleaning up our pears. I think I started telling you guys about my pear project in August, and I think we're just finishing up uh, our pears in our backyard here in, in the middle of November. And you know what's something, you know, it's not only uh, get, picking the pears and picking the pears off ground and all that kind of stuff, but there's also this sorting of pears that we had to do, you know, because you kind of have to separate uh, the good pears from the not so good pears, right? And as you're sorting through them, you'll find that there's some of them that a little worm got into some of them. Some of them, uh, you know, got a little rotten. Some of them may have gotten eaten a little bit by a bird or a rodent or something like that. And so it's important that you separate the good pears from the not so good pears. You know, but as I think about that, some of us can actually find ourselves fixed and focused on the not so good pears, you know? They think about uh, the things of, of this last year, the things of their life. They're talking about, oh, worms, I got problems, I got rodents eating. And people start to get focused on the bummer parts of their life, the bummer parts of the year, rather than taking those things and sorting them and looking at what is good. I guess what I'm trying to say is my kids were asking me, you know, I had a birthday recently and my kids were asking me, you know, Dad, what was the, you know, what was this last year like for you? And my old, you know, son, uh, older son Hudson, always asked me questions like that. And I said, well, you know what, you guys, I, you know, this year I had some ideas and, you know, anticipations and things didn't go the way that I thought, you know. And it's like, he said, I got, the, it was all coconuts, you know, that's something they got from the movie, it was all coconuts. But then I said, you know, I got to spend more time with my bubbly bunch of coconuts, which were my three kids. 
I guess what I'm trying to say is that uh, it was important for me to share this reflection to say, you know what, this last year, there were some bummers, there were some disappointments, but I've had to be able to, to work through and sift those bummers and those disappointments and, and put those aside and to focus on the blessings, what God has given me. You know, there's some folks in our church that have been talking about uh, doing that sorting and keeping it. Uh, what they call a blessing book. And that basically is a blessing book is to actually organize and write down all the blessings that God has given you this last season, this last year. You know, another thing that I've heard people do is to, around this time, is to write a thank you letter to God. All the different blessings in their life that God has given to them. It's important for us to do that, to do some sorting, to remove the bummers from the blessings and to focus on the blessings and to say thank you to God for that. As we're talking about the feasts, it really, uh, I think probably Thanksgiving was uh, came from a lot of the, the feasts that would happen in, in uh, biblical times. There's so many different feasts. You know, whenever God would do something great, they would establish a feast. And we're going to have a feast to remember what God had done. You know, the Passover, uh, it, it resembles or symbolizes that God has spared us. You know, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it reminds us that God has freed us. And also the Feast of the First Fruits, it's thanking and honoring God for all that He has provided and to celebrate the promises to come. You know, all these feasts that uh, took place for all these times was to remind us of the things that God has done. It's reminding uh, of us, uh, it's to remind us of the blessings and to sift and push aside the burdens and the challenges. You know, these celebrations and these feasts, they came often when times were hard. Even when times were difficult, they'd still have a feast. You may be in a time of despair, a time of challenge, a time of famine or plague. Yet we have abundance in God. We have been given much. We have the promise of eternal life. We have relationship with God. We have the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. You know, we have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. We have reason to be grateful for the gift of life, the blessing of health, for fresh air, friends and family relationships. You know, we have a reason to thank God for salvation and the gift of life and the gift of eternal life and the gift of abundant life. We have been given a great uh, gift called life and, and this life of abundance that life has given us, this life of eternal that to be shared with people around us. We have a reason to celebrate. We have a reason to to celebrate and a reason to dance and a reason to thank God, to worship God, to celebrate His love and His goodness in our lives. So my encouragement is this. Let's confound the wisdom of the world of our times because of our uh, unashamed, unabashed celebration in the midst of troubling times. So will you join me in a season of celebration? I know you will. God, I thank you for each person here I thank you that for each one of us, though we may have experienced difficult times in 2020, kind of says in your word that you uh, wipe each tear, that you've uh, taken us from a season of mourning into a season of dancing, that we have a reason to celebrate. We have a reason to worship. We have a, a reason to dance because of the things that you've done in our life. You've given us life. You've spared us. Uh, you, you've, you've freed us. You've given us life eternal, and you have given us an abundant life, and that is a reason to celebrate. And we can keep our celebrations simple and we can make them special and make them unto you. God, we thank you for all the blessings and the gifts that you've given to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you next week. God bless.